VCY America presents Crosstalk, a nationwide call-in program discussing issues that have an effect on our families, our communities, our churches, our nation, and our world. Crosstalk, an opportunity for you to voice your concerns for biblical principles. And now live by satellite and around the world on the Internet at vcyamerica.org. Here is today's Crosstalk. Friends, we thank you for joining us on Crosstalk here on VCY America. Last week, we passed the 100-day mark since Hamas launched its genocidal attack against Israel, and then Israel launched its war against Hamas. Since that time, so much has been learned, so much has been unfolded. As Israel continues to root out Hamas, we recognize that it's impossible for Israel to have peace with Hamas. Why? Because the preamble to the Hamas covenant states, Israel will exist and will continue to exist until Islam will obliterate it, just as it obliterated others before it. So how is it possible to coexist with a group that has as its core mission to wipe Israel off the face of the earth? Well, tragically, just earlier today, Israel National News reported three IDF soldiers were killed when an anti-tank missile struck the building where they were standing during an IDF offensive. We're going to be taking a look at the latest information pertaining to Israel today in the Middle East, as well as some other efforts underway promoting globalism. We'd like to welcome back to our Crosstalk Studios today, Dr. Richard Schmidt. He is pastor of Union Grove Baptist Church, founder of Prophecy Focus Ministries, the speaker on the weekly TV program Prophecy Focus, available at vcy.tv, and the radio broadcast Prophecy Unfolding. He spent 32 years in law enforcement, including that of acting sheriff of Milwaukee County. He has authored several books, including Are You Going to a Better Place? Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, Tribulation to Triumph, The Olivet Discourse, Globalism, The Great World Consumption, and Artificial Intelligence, Transhumanism, and the De-Evolution of Democracy. Pastor Schmidt, thanks for joining us here today on Crosstalk. Well, Jim, thanks so much for having me. I'm really pumped up, if you will, to talk about these issues and get some truth out today. Well, we're seeing all kinds of propaganda out there, and it's happening through many media sources as well as as uh, politicians in, in different countries and so forth, continuing to refer to Israel as an occupier, as a colonizer. Uh, this, uh, that, this is all about liberating Palestine, giving them title back to the land. Israel is wrongfully occupying this land. Could you address this from a biblical perspective? Well, absolutely, because everything you just read is a total antithesis of the opposite of what the Scriptures tell us. We go right back to the beginning book, Genesis chapter 12, when God called Abraham and made it very, very specific, that he had a very specific land to which he was going to give the Jewish people. Genesis chapter 15, it actually gives you the borders of that land. It actually includes 90% more land than the Jewish people actually have today. Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 1 to 5, go through the land covenant that God gave to Israel. So the uh, the false premise that the Palestinians are stating that it's their land, never was their land, never will be their land, as long as uh, the Bible is true, which it is. So you're saying, without without any question, 100%, according to the Scripture, this land belongs to Israel? It's God's land, which he gave to Israel, and that's never has nor will change. So now we have the Hamas Media Office putting out this 16-page publication to give their narrative, Operation Al-Aqsa Flood. Tell us about this publication and the claims that they're, that Palestinians, uh, that they are the ones that, that have been exploited through all of this. Well, this document just recently came out, and it it's just absolutely denies everything that has taken place since October 7th. It, it literally goes through how Israel has taken over, that they're the occupiers, and uh, they go back to 1948 and state that Israel came in and basically tried to move the Palestinians out. They go through a bunch of statistics. But the thing I find so absolutely interesting is everything in this Hamas-generated report denies the atrocities took place, denies that Hamas came in and butchered 1,200 people. They're actually saying that this took place because the Israeli Defense Force came in and literally killed these people. Uh, the, the massacre that took place at the music festival, Hamas is trying to switch the narrative and state that an Israeli helicopter came in and literally gunned down uh, these individuals at the festival. It's outrageous lies that they're spreading. They're denying that they beheaded the baby, saying we would never do that because basically that's against Islam. 
lies, lies, more lies, and, and it just keeps going on. The, it, the report is unbelievable. We literally could spend an hour just on that. But uh, it's it's just amazing, the lies that are coming out of Hamas trying to cover up the atrocities. I mean, quite frankly, anybody with a reasonable brain is going to say what they're saying is absolutely a lie, and there's no truth to it. I mean, this some of the things you're talking about, the documentation came from GoPro video footage that was taken by the members of Hamas that had gone in and committed this massacre. Absolutely. It, it, it's undeniable what's taken place and again, here's the problem. People react on an emotional basis. So if they're, the facts don't matter, if you can get people to buy into some emotional claim, which the uh, Hamas is trying to do, they're trying to appeal to their people. We And they're denying that they had this mass raping of Israeli women. Oh, that, that we couldn't have done that. That's against Islam. Well, quite frankly, I want to agree with them. It absolutely is against Islam. So why did you do it? Hmm. Yeah, interesting. And uh, Lord willing, tomorrow Usama Daktak is going to be with us, and we're going to talk hmm. about what Islam really does dictate. And uh, my, the atrocities line right up with their their teachings in the Quran. There you go. Uh, Pastor Schmidt, the, the media spokesperson uh, for the Al Qassam Brigades, his name is Abu Obaida, uh, gave a speech January 14th in which he referred to Israel bringing in red cows as an application of what they call a detestable religious myth designed for aggression against the feelings of an entire nation in the heart of its Arab identity and the path of its prophet and ascension to heaven. What's all this about the red cows? Well, as uh, the Christian community and specifically the Jewish community is very aware of, in uh, the book of Numbers, it talks about that they need red heifers and the ashes of the red heifers to, if you will, cleanse the Jewish people, to cleanse the third temple that isn't built yet. So, uh, Just not that long ago, five red heifers were shipped actually from Texas to Israel, and the Islamic people are claiming that if indeed these red heifers are found suitable and that they're suitable from a Jewish perspective to cleanse the temple, they are very concerned that the Al-Aqsa Mosque, which sits in the exact place where that third temple is going to be built, that uh, if, if these heifers are real and suitable, They're going to tear down the Al-Aqsa Mosque. They're going to build the third temple. And the Islamic people absolutely can't tolerate that. So, again, we just read a bunch of things from the Hamas report about what has and hasn't happened in Israel. But here's the contention. They're stating, at least some of the Hamas people are stating, that they've got to stop, if you will, the production of these heifers and the killing of the heifers to get these ashes that are needed to cleanse the third temple. That's one of the reasons that Hamas is claiming why they did this insurrection, if you will, on October 7th, so they can stop, if you will, the red heifers from being sacrificed. Can God's plan be stopped? God's plan will never be stopped. Daniel chapter 9 makes it very clear there will be a third temple. Matthew chapter 24, verse 15, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 4, make it absolutely unequivocal that there will be a third temple. Islam will not stop that. Dr. Richard Schmidt, our guest here today on Crosstalk. And Pastor Schmidt, it sounds like there are many who are buying what the Hamas media office is saying. I just was reading about the former U.S. Ambassador Chaz Freeman at the end of December. He said this, the Israeli response is essential to conduct a genocide in Gaza. They're attempting to expel or murder all the Palestinians there. This is a crime against humanity under international law, but Israel justifies it with the cover story, which is that it's going after Hamas. So again, we have not only coming from that multiple-page document, but now he is also asserting that Israelis uh, were killed by their own army following what's called the Hannibal Directive. Well, this More is propaganda, really. Absolutely. Here's the issue. There's well over 2 million people that live in Gaza. They're, by their own claims, are saying approximately 25,000, and we have no idea what the real number is, about approximately 25,000 Gazans have been killed. Well, the issue is what percentage of those are actually Hamas terrorists versus what they're claiming are innocent citizens? Israel has been very, very calculated in how they've gone through killing, if you will, the terrorists. 
And uh, there's a fraction of the terrorists have been killed so far. There's a lot more than 25,000 terrorists. There's at least known 40 to 50,000 of them living in Gaza. So listen, if there is going to be this genocide that's being talked about, how come only 25,000 individuals have died? Yes, that's a lot of people that have died. But if they were committing genocide and trying to wipe out the Hamas people, the numbers would be significantly higher than the numbers they're reporting. In the hundreds of thousands. Absolutely. Uh, and speaking of that, it's interesting that only Israel is being accused of genocide, uh, but Hamas not being accused of genocide. It seems like the wrong analysis is going on here. Oh, absolutely. When they came in through the Israeli borders, when they snuck in, when they killed the Israeli guards, when they went after the 1,200 people that they butchered, raped, maimed, burned to death, atrocities beyond what we can even imagine. That's a genocide. If indeed the Israeli Defense Force and the people wouldn't have risen up and driven them back out, who knows how untold the numbers would be in the genocide that would have taken place. It appears that relations right now between the Biden administration and Israel are becoming a little bit more strained. Um, a Western Journal covered a story in which they indicated, according to NBC News, it's the official position of the State Department that Hamas cannot be defeated. Well, that's their position. I don't believe it's Israelis' dis, uh, uh, position mm-hmm. at all. Of course, the, is, Israel wants to wipe Hamas off the face of the earth. Why? Because Hamas is trying to wipe them off the face of the earth. Biden, President Biden, is looking at an election coming up in 2024. His his numbers are atrocious. He's losing ground as quick as uh, the days are long. And if he doesn't make some political moves, I think his, his chance right now are almost zero of getting reelected. But he's trying everything he can, including saying he's not going to be supporting Israel as strongly as he has to try and get the Palestinian and the liberal vote. So let's talk about this two-state solution as well. We've got uh, Israel's Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu made it very clear this past Thursday that he's opposed to a Palestinian state. However, it appears that the U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, the Biden administration are pushing for a Palestinian state and that Israel's security can only be assured through the creation of a Palestinian state. I have one word, politics. Politics is playing to this in a big word, big way. What do you have to do in politics to try and get your agenda across and not try to get reelected? Politicians are there to get reelected. So they're putting out this two-state solution, which has long been on the table, but it's never going to be a biblical conclusion. God made it very clear as we started at the beginning of the program saying, this land belongs to the Jewish people. It belongs to Israel. There will never be, even if they attempt to implement a two-state solution, Israel is going to oppose it. The Islamic people are going to oppose it. And it, it's just a non-starter. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Pastor Richard Schmidt is with us today, pastor of Union Grove Baptist Church and founder of Prophecy Focus Ministries. We're talking about Middle East and world conflict. We'll be getting into some matters that are happening around the world as well. But we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, we're going to unfold further some of the matters going on in Israel and also matters taking place around the world. Back in one minute here on Crosstalk. Back to Genesis with Dr. John Morris, scientist and president of the Institute for Creation Research. Dr. Morris, is it true that the Archaeopteryx was the transition between reptiles and birds? Chris, it's very popular to say these days that dinosaurs evolved into birds, but this doesn't square with the evidence. Evolutionists claim the ancestor of the birds is Archaeopteryx, a fossil with some features of dinosaurs and some of birds. Now, even though I would question their claim about Archaeopteryx, it's still dated at 30 million years older than the dinosaur. Obviously, the dinosaurs were not its ancestor. Even most evolutionists have given up on Archaeopteryx. It looks like they were separate right from the start. Of course, that's what the Bible says. Back in Genesis, we read that birds were created on day 5 of creation week and land animals like dinosaurs on day 6. 
Evolution has it backwards. For more on creation, visit our website at www.icr.org. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Richard Schmidt, our guest here today from Prophecy Focus Ministries, Middle East and World Conflict, our topic here today, taking a look at matters going on in Israel. And uh, even as we talk today, uh, Pastor, a lot of things unfolding in Israel, uh, sharing just uh, recent news about uh, uh, the parliament in Israel meeting here today, and, and they're being interrupted by the families of hostages. Well, I, and I can't blame the, the, these individuals for bursting into this meeting. Over 100 days, just think, I mean, it, it's hard to dis, be dismissive of the fact if it was one of our children, one of our loved ones, a husband, a wife that was taken hostage, a grandma, a grandpa, over 100 days in atrocious conditions, not even know if they're alive. And uh, the relatives finally broke into Israeli parliament and said, listen, what are you doing to get our hostages returned? So, I mean, I'm very sympathetic to that. I I feel horrible for them, as I'm sure most people do. So they, they've just had it. Where are our, our family members, and what are you doing to get them back? And that's their message. And uh, how would Israel respond? How, would, uh, how could the Knesset respond to that? Oh, boy, it's just so difficult, as we all know. We don't know where the hostages are. Is I mean, us meaning Israel, they have no clue where the hostages mm-hmm. are. They keep going through tunnels in different places. They see where the hostages have been. They have no clue where they're at. So it's it's an extremely difficult situation. Of course, the relatives are, what are you doing to negotiate for, the, for this? What are you going to do to uh, militarily? So it, it's extremely difficult. And quite frankly, there's no easy answer. And I understand even in the negotiation of medical supplies going in, that for every one package that would get into a hostage, that so many more, it was 100 times that amount, have to get into into Gaza itself or Palestinians. Well, it, it's amazing. And I don't know if the, if these reports are true. I've seen reports. They've shown a bunch of semis that were pulled up to a dump with a ton of tons and tons of humanitarian aid saying that it was uh, past the due dates and they're just literally dumping aid into landfills. Again, I don't know that that's verified. I've seen the pictures of it, but uh, it, they could be photoshopped and whatever. But it's uh, we know the Hamas people are definitely taking these things that are meant for the uh, citizens of Palestine, if you will, or Gaza, would better stated. And we have no clue what's happening with all that aid, but it does not appear to be going to the people. One thing that uh, is being reported as more time goes on, more and more discoveries being made, and now being reported by the Jewish News Syndicate that the Hamas tunnels are hundreds of miles longer than thought, with 5,000 entry points. Amazing. I mean, uh, you talk about an underground system, millions and billions of dollars had to be spent to put this up. Uh, the people of Gaza, the, the citizens, if you will, the amount of things that uh, they could have had versus virtue instead, making these massive amount of tunnels, making underground conference rooms and all the things that went into this, it's absolutely amazing. And I, I applaud the Israel Defense Force for uncovering these things and attempting to blow up as many as possible and trying to find if indeed those hostages are hid somewhere under those tunnels. Could it be that money given by the U.S. to the Palestinian Authority has helped to finance these tunnels? Well, I think that's a a rhetorical question. Money, money, money. Politics, politics, politics. America has played, unfortunately, into supplying a great amount of money that has been used for nefarious practices, and it's very disturbing. Well, on the money front, CBN News reported just last Friday that the Palestinian Authority has increased what they call pay-to-slay, in which they are paying the salaries of those convicted of terror attacks against Israelis. It's absolutely bizarre, and if people aren't familiar what that is, if you, as an Islamic terrorist, kill a Jew, kill an American, get involved in in a war-type situation— and you bet, and you have confirmed hits. You literally will be paid a salary by the Islamic people, and as basically, thank you so much for killing the Jews, killing the Americans, killing whomever. And uh, it, it's just outrageous what's taking place. 
Pastor Richard Schmidt with us today. I understand Gaza losing phone service, losing internet service? Yes, there's another thing. And, and again, it's, uh, the, it's added to the issue of, well, this is a humanitarian crisis. The people in Gaza can't reach out to their relatives and get uh, news and so forth. Well, again, we've just got to stop playing games with this. When you attacked Israel, meaning the people of Gaza, when they're supporting that particular government, which they have since 2006, these are the horrible reactions that happen during a war. If you want to surrender the hostages, if you want to stop firing missiles into Israel, there might be some negotiation and you might get back your internet. Until then, no peace. Israel's President Isaac Herzog spoke last week at the World Economic Forum, and he said that Iran is the main reason for the Middle East turmoil. Would you agree with that? Well, absolutely. Everything that we have news-wise, everything intelligence-wise, all points to Iran. Even our government is, is making it very clear that Iran is basically the head of the snake. So Iran, who literally, they're very, very smart. They're, Iran is not the ones that are actually firing the missiles and doing the other things. They're using their proxies in Lebanon and Syria in uh, Yemen and other places, Iraq, that are doing the dirty work, if you will, for the big boss, which is Iran. So let's uh, talk about some of these others as well. Uh, but we have a lot of trouble going on in the Red Sea right now. Houthi attacks going on. Uh, give us an overlay of what's what's taking place. Well, of course, what's been happening for multiple weeks now is the Houthis, which are another terrorist group along with Hezbollah, and uh, Hamas, it's another H1, uh, uh, the Houthis, which are stationed in Lebanon, which is about a thousand miles south of Israel. So they basically decided the, uh, the water traffic that goes through the Red Sea up to the Suez Canal to get into the Mediterranean, they've decided, again, looking back at the Iranian control, at firing at ships, at taking over ships. And this has caused a major disturbance. Uh, American ship just recently was hit within the last day, and now America, after over 130 to 140 attacks on American troops in multiple places, finally said, enough's enough, we're going to start fighting back and attack the Houthis and try and get them to knock off uh, of what they're doing in stopping water traffic through these main thoroughfares. So uh, the matter is going on. We also have Hezbollah still being a threat? Hezbollah is more than a threat right now. In fact, Israel hasn't literally stated in in the news that that's another literal war that's taking place. Hezbollah, of course, is at the northern end of Israel. What's taking place in Gaza is at the southern end. So the Israeli Defense Force is not only dealing with Gaza in the south, but up in the north dealing with Lebanon and Syria, where Hezbollah is. The fronts there have been massive. The amount of bombings that are taking place have increased, or I believe the number is, I don't know exactly, but tens of thousands of Israelis have been displaced from the Golan Heights, not Gaza, but the Golan Heights, which is the northern part of Israel. So it's a major issue. They have done some damage to Israel through tank attacks and uh, so forth. So it's a major front right now. There's a major debate going on, too, what a post-Gaza looks like, a post-war Gaza. Well, Gaza basically, again, has been run by Hamas since 2006. Now there's a great deal of debate going on among non-Israelis, uh, non-Hamas people about, well, who's going to control it? So every government's trying to weigh in. America's trying to weigh in and tell basically the, the Jewish people, the Israelis, how Hamas is going to look after the war. Well, Israel says, listen, here's our here's our decision. No Hamas, we get control, and that's the bottom line. So, of course, all those that have a little say, including America, are saying, well, we don't know if we agree with what the uh, Israeli people are saying. So it's going to be a huge point of contention and debate and negotiations coming up. Let's bring China into the picture here as well, because China... Uh, their foreign minister meeting with Arab leaders, calling for a larger-scale peace conference. They're also calling for a two-state solution. Right. Well, China's just playing more political games. But uh, as we discussed before we went on air today, China is mainly concerned about doing things from a biological standpoint. 
We talked about COVID-19 and the horrific repercussions that very strongly point to China as being the impetus for that happening. We're looking at uh, other things that China's doing now with viruses and different things. So they're playing a political game. Revelation 16 makes it very, very clear that China is going to be a major affront that's going to happen against Israel from a military standpoint during the end of the tribulation period. So they're playing a little political game right now. Uh, just to look at it is basically what it amounts to. In other words, we're kind of like the savior of this world. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. China is, is trying to gain as much power and attention as they can, and they're doing a great job of it. Yeah, you mentioned uh, the the China's development. Uh, uh, WND.com reported last week the development of a brand new virus, a 100% kill rate. The writer said this could make COVID-19 uh, that killed millions to be nothing but a minor footnote in history. What kind of sense does this make? Why in the world is China developing more viruses that can take out millions and millions of people? Well, again, there's a multiplicity of reasons for that. China's interested in a global attack on the world. They want to be the number one power. And uh, one of the issues with the globalists, which include China, is they've got to reduce the population. Eight billion people is more people than they want to see on this earth. And they want to reduce the population. They want to gain control. And one of these ways, and one of the quickest, easiest ways, isn't through military power. Just keep these viruses coming and wipe out the population and start to reduce it. Yeah, so we also saw the World Health Organization last week at the World Economic Forum, and we're talking about Dr. Tedros Cabreasis, who talked about all the plans and for what they're calling Disease X. Well, Disease X, and again, I just was on the World Economic Forum site and uh, did a little review of what happened in Davos. They fully admit that right now, and I don't know fully admit as truth, that disease X doesn't exist. Well, if disease X doesn't exist, just like allegedly COVID-19 didn't exist Mm -hmm. when they put that out, why in the world all of a sudden are they talking about a particular virus that's 20 times more powerful and deadly than COVID-19? What they say unfortunately, seems to come to pass. Yeah, and what's amazing, too, is they they mentioned that COVID-19 at one time was disease X and how it shortly came to pass after they had those meetings, and now here they are planning for another disease X. Uh, And we understand there are even countries or individuals right now actually working on a vaccine for this disease X. How do we do that? Well, obviously, everything is what you see is not real. You see things, you hear things, and it's like, what's reality? Well, we honestly don't know. We can only surmise. We can only go through these alleged facts and try and determine what's being done. The only thing that I think that we can say without hesitation is nefarious things are taking place. They're working in their labs on various viruses. What's going to be the outcome? Only time will tell. Friends, you're listening to Crosstalk here on VCY America. A quick break coming up and a little more discussion on some of the matters that are going on the world scene right now, including a clip from the World Economic Forum from last week from the U.N. Secretary General. So stay with us. Uh, more information coming forth. Talking about the Middle East and world conflict here today on Crosstalk and uh, troubling information going on indeed. But it, uh, keep in mind that the U.S. is increasingly becoming more antagonistic toward Israel. Even uh, reports have come that President Biden hung up on the prime minister in Israel. Well, I don't know the whole story, friends, but tensions are building. We'll be back in one minute. You're listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. We say we need revival, but are we willing to totally submit to God and allow Him to work? At the beginning of his ministry, Harold Vaughn set out on a journey to answer the question, what sparks revival and how can we see it today? His journey led him to Northern Ireland to experience what God did in the past. When revival broke out in Ireland, the bars closed, thieves returned stolen goods, transformation took place across the country. But the question remains, how do we prepare our heart and our church for revival? Every revival can be traced to a kneeling figure. Are we ready for revival? See the documentary, Revival with Harold Vaughn, 
available for a donation of $15. Your order includes a Blu-ray disc, a DVD, and a digital download. Call VCY America, 1-800-729-9829. Listening to Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Richard Schmidt is with us today. He is the founder of Prophecy Focus Ministries, uh, pastors uh, locally here in southeast Wisconsin as well, and uh, giving a Middle East and world conflict uh, report here today because much is going on. Uh, friends, we have uh, interviewed him multiple times here in Crosstalk. Uh, one of his books I'd like to just bring to your attention Globalism, the Great World Consumption. He talks about what is going on in this world and how we're being propelled toward world government. And uh, this book we do have available through Crosstalk, our way of saying thank you for your support of $16 or more to Crosstalk. And if you'd like to obtain the book, Globalism, the Great World Consumption, it's available by uh, calling us at 800-729-9829. That's 800-729-9829. You'll also find it in our Crosstalk store as well, crosstalkamerica.com. Click in the store. Uh, you'll find it under the books there as well. But uh, really, that's what we're seeing, the unfolding of this this globalistic, one-world uh, mindset taking place. Well, absolutely. It all boils down to Revelation chapter 13, where it makes it absolutely perfectly clear there will be a not only a one-world government, but a one-world religion and a one-world economy. It's all spelled out in Revelation 13. This absolutely is going to happen. It's biblical prophecy, and every one of God's prophecy comes to fulfillment. Again, that's a book, Globalism, and uh, you can call 800-729-9829. Speaking of globalism, (laughs) uh, we just came out of the World Economic Forum last week, and uh, um, we cannot uh, view what's... uh, all happening in Israel just as being an isolated event, but so many things are unfolding right now as we're being propelled toward global governance. And last week at the World Economic Forum in Davos, Switzerland, uh, the Secretary General there, uh, Antonio Guterres, promoted a new multipolar global order. Let's listen to the clip, and then we'll get a response. But I strongly believe it is possible to prevent this disastrous scenario. I am confident we can build a new multipolar global order with new opportunities for leadership and with balance and justice in international relations. But multipolarity creates complexity. Left to itself, it could deepen fault lines between North and South, East and West, developed and developing economies within the G20 and between the G20 and everyone else. And the only way to manage this complexity and avoid a slide into chaos is through a reformed, inclusive, networked multilateralism. Now, this requires strong multilateral institutions and frameworks and effective mechanisms of global governance. Without them, further fragmentation is inevitable and the consequences are clear. We see an epidemic of impunity around the world. We see some countries doing whatever it takes to further their own interests at all costs, from Russia's invasion of Ukraine to Sudan, more recently Gaza. Parties to conflict are ignoring international law, trampling on the Geneva Conventions, and even violating the United Nations Charter. Pastor, your response? Well, basically what he's saying there is he's putting out the typical concept to get to globalism. We are in a worldwide chaotic situation, and somebody, not a bunch of people, but somebody needs to come on the scene with worldwide power and take things over. This is absolutely a wonderful introduction to the Antichrist, who will come on the scene and do exactly what these globalists are trying to accomplish. God never called us since the Tower of Babel to a to a globalist situation. God intended things to be broken up so that you wouldn't have this one world type situation. Well, God made it very clear in Scripture, specifically Daniel 9.27 and other passages, that indeed this one world power will come on the scene known as the Antichrist, which is not a good thing. God knows it's not a good thing. It's a judgment for seven years that will take place against the entire world for the rejection of God. It is coming. 
It is coming. And I found it also interesting that how he talked about Russia, you know, making his invasion in Ukraine. And then they talked about the Gaza. Now, he didn't talk about Hamas coming in against Israel, but he pointed out against, you know, what's taking place in Gaza. Absolutely. Because, again, the globalist wants to have complete control. He's not going to they're not going to go into little specifics because that's that's not germane to their argument. They want to look at the big, giant global picture. We need to control everything. We need to control your health. We need to control your passports. We need to control the climate. All these things are global issues, and it's just absolutely coming to fruition. What God mandates will happen during the tribulation period. Now, also last week, there was a panel discussion going on in which uh, some declared that one of the great threats of this year is all the elections that are taking place in different countries. And specifically, uh, they talked about the United States and what would happen if a Donald Trump got reelected in this country because uh, and, and how they can Trump proof, you know, themselves in different regards. Well, President Trump in his reelection bid is a nationalist. He is not going after a globalist picture. He's trying to do, and again, whether you agree with them or not, that's your prerogative, but his statement is make America, not the world, make America great again, and we'll deal with the world situation in order to protect our national interests. That's totally antithetical to what the current administration is doing, which is all about the globalist picture. That's an anti-God, anti-worldview position. Again, whether you like or dislike President Trump, He's attempting to, if you will, make America a strong nationalist organization that isn't falling prey to the globalist agenda. Um, I find it interesting, also speaking last week, was Al Gore, and he compared climate change, as he's talking about all the climate change and the atrocities happening, he compared it to the book of Revelation. And, I, and you know, we, we can't begin to compare what's happening today with the, the judgments that God is going to send in the book of Revelation, but that's the comparison he made. Right. Well, of course, there's an individual that has no concept of what biblical truth is. We know absolutely from Scripture that during the tribulation, it's going to last seven years, Daniel 9, 27. We know that after that seven-year period that the earth is going to last a minimum of 1,000 years, according to Revelation 20, verses 1 to 7, during God's millennial kingdom. So they have no clue. They're trying to, of course, drum up that climate change is a major issue. There are two times in the Bible that climate change actually will come to pass. Revelation 16 talks about one of the end judgments during the tribulation. God will indeed crank up the heat for a short period of time, and people will be scorched and burned. They're going to just blame it on climate change when it's actually God's judgment, short-lived. Then there truly there will be a massive climate change in Second Peter that talks about at the end of the thousand-year millennial kingdom, God is indeed going to destroy the earth by fire and will enter into the new heavens and the new earth, according to Revelation 21. So they're just playing with a, a little teeny bit of knowledge instead of the full biblical truth. Friends, let's open our phone lines. If you have a question that you'd like to ask, a brief comment today, our number is 800-733-9829. That's 1-800-733-9829. Pastor Richard Schmidt with us today from Prophecy Focus Ministries. And by the way, we've got a website to give out here for your ministry as well. Well, we do. The, the easiest one to go to is Prophecy Focus, one word, Prophecy prophecyfocus.org. You'll see a ton of different things on information. I have a new blog that we just started on Luciferianism and uh, basically the doctrine of demons and demonology and Satanology. So there's just so many things that are playing into the world situation that that website can help you with. Prophecyfocus.org is the website. Friends, our lines are open, 800-733-9829. Let me just bring one little economic thing in here, too. Uh, The New American just reported earlier this month that Australia is taking the global lead in becoming cashless cashless and shrinking their currency supply. We're going to see more of this, aren't we? Well, absolutely. Again, let's go right back to Revelation 13. The last several verses talk about that no one, not a single person, will be able to buy or sell in the entire world unless they have, if you will, the digital mark of uh, Revelation. What does that mean? You can't buy or sell. Everything is going to go to a digital currency. American currency and every other currency is going to be disbanded sometime in the future. Everything will go digital. 
Okay, so uh, more of that to come. But Australia taking a big lead and shrinking their cash supply in the largest amounts uh, to to date. And uh, we're going to see more on that and other nations joining on to that as well. Again, our number is 800-733-9829. Let's begin in Staten Island, New York. Bill, thanks for calling Crosstalk. You're on the air. How you doing? Yes, I had a, uh, a comment question. Uh, basically, it seems like the uh, the governments are setting up, like you said, for a one world order, religion, military, etc. Uh, I just want to ask you, what do you think of uh, if the tribulation happens? Will Christians be in the tribulation, or do you believe they will be removed from the earth in the rapture? Thank you. Thank you for the call. That's a great question. It's one that's very commonly asked today. Uh, the the simplest thing I can say is if you there's a message I put out called Scripture's Most Compelling Argument for the Pre-Tribulation Rapture. You really have to understand God's Jewish prophetic calendar found in Daniel 9, 24 to 27. We currently, the church age is situated right between Daniel 9, 26, which is after the uh, crucifixion of Christ and the destruction of the Second Temple, and before Daniel's 70th week, which is the tribulation period. So according to, uh, and it would take long to give a good answer, but basically there's a couple of verses to write down. Colossians 1, 24 to 27, Colossians 1, 24 to 27, and Ephesians uh, uh, chapter, th- I'm sorry, Colossians 1, 24 to 29, and Ephesians 3, 1 to 7. They talk about the mystery church age, which is what we are living in. We must be taken out of here. That is the church age raptured, First Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18, 1 Corinthians 15, 50 to 54, before the 70th week of Daniel can take place, which is the tribulation. And that's another book you've written, Paul's Gap, uh, Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, and uh, which you address this as well. Absolutely. Right. And and friends, that's available here through Crosstalk as well, 800-729-9829. Uh, but you would say, Pastor, that there will be those, you talked about the Christians being raptured out before the tribulation begins, but there will be those who come to know Christ as Savior during the time of tribulation. Absolutely. In fact, the Bible speaks to this in Revelation chapter 7 and 14, right at the beginning of the tribulation, 144,000 Jewish male virgin evangelists will come on the scene. Revelation chapter 11 talks about two witnesses that will be preaching the gospel, and many, many, many people will indeed come to Christ during the tribulation. We've got Lori calling from Black River Falls, Wisconsin. Lori, you're on the air. Yes, um, you were talking about the viruses that they're creating over in China, I believe. Mm-hmm. And how do they keep from getting the virus? Do they have a vaccine already made up? Mm, great question. Well, the only thing we know, of course, in a lab where they do this type of work, they are very, very careful. They're wearing uh, what you normally see as white suits, their coverings. They come in and out and take those suits off. They're washed down. So they certainly are taking precautions. Do they have vaccines for these uh, uh, viruses? That's not been reported yet, but we can certainly imagine that they, if they're not there, they're working on them. And that's what they're saying about COVID-19, that it escaped from the lab, it, you know, escaped from, from the lab. Well, they'll blame it on different things, you know, bats and so forth, but, but uh, and that's a concern. What is going to escape from this lab? What, what kind of virus will be left on something that's going to have, make its way to the public? Well, it will escape when they're good and ready to make it escape. <laughs> Thank you for the call, Lori. We're up against a break. Uh, Pastor Richard Schmidt with us here today on Crosstalk. A quick break, and then we'll come right back to your phone calls here on Crosstalk at 800-733-9829. Discussing Israel, the Middle East, and world conflict back in one minute here on the VCY American Network. For the Worldview Report, I'm Brandon House. Our website is worldviewreport.com. A startling new poll shows that 67% of young people, 18 to 24 years of age, believes that the Jews are a class of people that oppress others. 67% believe that. They're buying into the anti-Semitism. Well, as they get older in age, they reject that lie. Those that are 55 to 64, 85% say that's a lie. 
65 plus, 91% say it's a lie to believe that the Jews are a class of people that oppress others. They say that's a false ideology. Why is it that those who are 65 years of age and older, that 91% don't buy this lie? One word, education. When it comes to our churches and our young people, it's, I think, what's being taught from the pulpits. Are our churches teaching the truth about the Jewish people? I pray they are. This is Crosstalk on VCY America. Dr. Richard Schmidt, our guest here today. Prophecyfocus.org is his website, prophecyfocus.org. We're going right back to the phone lines. Holding the longest is uh, Scott in Clarksburg, West Virginia. Scott, you're on the air. Yeah, I have a question. Uh, You know how uh, Jesus retreated from time to time prior to his crucifixion to, like, evangelize and detach from the infecting influences and pray and stuff? Uh, So... uh, like he 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 retreated, but he didn't surrender. You know, he turned around and he and God exalted him. You know, he turned around and faced his adversity. He, and uh, so, do you do you think that the the church in it like is like retreating, or is it in retreat? Has it surrendered, or uh, or is it is it getting ready to uh, stand for principles? Okay, uh, hold the line, please. Uh... Let me just get back. Go ahead, Pastor. Well, that's a great question, and it's it's one that I'm constantly concerned about at the church that I pastor, where we have a wonderful, wonderful group of people that are actively out there evangelizing, sharing the gospel, and discipling, and we are growing at uh, wonderful rates. Now, what's happening around the country and around the world is many churches have fallen asleep. They're shutting down. They're closing. Their numbers are diminishing. Folks, it's work. It absolutely is work. That word is used multiple times in Scripture. So, yes, we've got to be vigilant. We've got to be hypervigilant at this time. We have to have a sense of urgency, and uh, basically we need to call upon all of our Christian leaders to get involved, do the work of of an evangelist, as Paul admonishes us to do, and get the word out. So, yes, we we definitely need to be active. Thank you for the call. And one thing about Jesus, I would not use the term retreat, but he would uh, go to a solitary place and there prayed. Absolutely. That's our devotional time. Then Jesus basically put that out there. We need to spend time praying. We need to spend time uh, studying the scriptures before we get to work. We've got to be spiritually prepared and have our full armor on, as Ephesians 6 warns us. We've got Joy calling from Phoenix, Arizona. Joy, you're on the air. Hi. Thanks, thanks guys, for helping us to rightly divide the word of truth. Um, my curiosity question is, when you were talking about the um, global change, couple uh, two, two separate um, global crises um, for our Earth, um, is, is it that you don't quite believe that the Great Flood was, a, was related to a global crisis, a climate crisis, or it, you just weren't counting it? Well, it's a, that's a great point. That that was past, so we're looking at the prophetic at this point. But absolutely, I mean, God, when he decided to do the worldwide catastrophic flood in Genesis 6 through 8, uh, that was, I mean, you talk about a global corruption right. from uh, climate control. Yes, absolutely, I would buy into that. But again, uh, for the sake of this particular broadcast, we've been looking at the prophetic issue, not the past. Great question. Thank you, Joy. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got uh, Dave calling from Phoenix, Arizona. You're on the air. Yeah, uh, gentlemen, I got a question. Um, the the term um, rapture is not in the Bible. And uh, I look at it as uh, December 25th. <laughs> you know, it's not in the Bible. Okay. okay, so one of the things that I look at okay, is let's... Revelation twelve fourteen, mm-hmm. where it says, And to the woman were given two wings of a great eagle, that she might fly into the wilderness, into her place, where she is nourished for a time, times, and half a time from the face of the serpent. So I, I don't believe in a pre-tribulation rapture. But I believe that there will be a place of safety okay, for uh, those that keep 
uh, the commandments and have the testimony of Yeshua. Thank you, Dave. I'll have Dr. Schmidt respond. Well, thanks, Dave. Uh, the word rapture, as you stated, is not in the English Bible. It's actually in the Latin Bible. The, the Latin word found in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 is the same word that translates snatch or take away, depending on what English version you were, you use. So rapturo does come out of the Latin, which is where the word rapture comes from. So again, I understand uh, there are those that uh, reject the pre-tribulation rapture. Again, I would encourage you, if you're willing, to uh, get the book Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, what, what paused the prophetic calendar. Romans 12 is specific to the Jewish people where God will protect the Jewish people. Two-thirds of the Jewish people will die, according to Zechariah 13, 8, and 9, and one-third will be preserved. That's exactly what Revelation chapter 12 is talking about. Not the church age, but the Jewish people. Thank you for the call. And keep in mind the word Trinity is not in the Bible either, the English word Bible. Okay, let's go to Todd in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. You're on the air. Yes, uh, Jim, uh, I'm a... Uh, I gave my heart to the Lord back in 1976, and I'm going to be turning 72 real soon. Mm-hmm. So I've been in, uh, to a lot of different, been involved in a number of good born again churches, and uh, went to a lot of conferences. And uh, I, I was uh, at these conferences where they talk about the rapture of the church uh, from three different points of view, and all these guys got doctrines, degrees of this, and doctrines, degrees of that. And you all kind of say a different thing, you know, but why isn't there like a round table of all you born-again ministers who all got your doctrine's degrees and get into a round table and talk about the beginning, the middle, and the end of the tribulation and discuss this thing about the rapture? And because, uh, you know, it's like all you guys sound great, but which one is, you know, like bring balance to it, we're all... All you groups are all together with your doctor's degrees. and it's Okay, a, uh, we, got, we got all that, Todd. Thank you. And I'm, I'm cutting you short because we're down to 50 seconds. Pastor Schmidt. All right. First of all, there's a group called the Pre-Trib Research Group, uh, pre-trib.org, where you can go and you can find those multiple debates that have and will continue to take place. The major difference between the pre, post, mid, and other positions, if you take the Bible literally, if you understand Daniel's calendar, which the other positions do not, that don't hold to a pre-trib view, it just boils down to between Daniel 9.26 and Daniel 9.27 is where the church age exists. To bring the church into a mid or a post or other pre-wrath type positions is to deny the literal interpretation of the Jewish prophetic calendar found in Daniel 9.24-27. If every group would simply take the Bible and interpret it literally, there wouldn't be these multiplicity of decisions. And with that, we are out of time. The closing music is upon us here, but uh, that's contained in the book. Uh, that would be Daniel's Gap, Paul's Mystery, uh, which is available here through Crosstalk. You can reach out to our switchboard, 800-729-9829. Pastor Schmidt, thanks for being with us. Well, thanks so much for having me. And friends, uh, stay tuned. I mean, so much more to unfold as these days go by, but uh, keep looking up, friends. Your redemption draws nigh. God bless you. Thanks for joining us on Crosstalk. You've been listening to Crosstalk via satellite and the Internet from VCY America. Views expressed may or may not be those of this station. For a CD of today's program, send a donation of $6 or more to VCY Tape Ministry, 3434 West Kilbourne Avenue, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, 53208. Or download by RSS or podcast from crosstalkamerica.com. And join us again for Crosstalk. Crosstalk.